Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nullcast, Bud, as we make our way through the series of position previews that we're doing. Uh, this one should be a pretty fun one. Excited about the group here. Excited about some of the uh, things that you can do in different situations, some of the different fronts you can put forward. Uh, just as I'm excited about working with the good people from New Iberia, Louisiana. Louisiana hot sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product, and when I get to put that on leftovers, uh, the only thing that makes it better is pairing it. We have a nice cab from Tarpon Cellars. So we've got two great sponsors. Want to tip our hat to them as we jump into the position preview of the defensive line. And uh, as always, you can go to tarponcellars.com, use the coupon code NOLCAST, as I did earlier this week, and you too will get 20% off your wine selections. So, Bud, let's uh, talk about some of these guys that hopefully bring the heat to the quarterbacks this year. Indeed, man. Uh, by the way, a wife, I mean, you know, she's pregnant, so can't uh, can't be drinking wine right now. But uh, I, I told her you guys got some more wine the other day. And she, even despite that, she was still a little jealous. She's like, when, when I have this baby, it's my turn to get get, get the next shipment of, of tarpon sellers. So just you're on notice, man. I, I got that. I got that information from the pregnant lady today. There you go. I will. Uh, I'll tell, call our friend Jeremy out in California, and we'll uh, we'll have Maggie do something special headed her way. But uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so, defensive line, kind of an interesting bunch last year. It's it's a, a bunch that we thought was going to be a real strength of the football team uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, there were some dudes Ingram that we thought were pretty good players coming back who had been good players in prior years, and ultimately they really underachieved last year. I think it's easy to say, hey, that like they lack motivation. Sometimes they're pulled in different directions. But I think it's also, in some cases, true. They also battled injuries in some cases. I think some guys may have been trying to protect themselves. Some guys probably showed up a little bit out of shape. Maybe they didn't make the best choice of out-of-town trainer that they decided to go with if they were an NFL uh, draft prospect. But this is one area of the team where, where you lose a ton, right? We can say, hey, Janarius Robinson and... Josh Kando were disappointing last year after totally destroying the offensive line throughout fall camp. And Janarius breaks the rock with the hammer, or, or excuse me, uh, Kando breaks the rock with the hammer. And both these guys look primed to break out. And oh no, it's actually just FSU's offensive line <laughs> getting abused at practice yet again for the one millionth straight year somehow. I say that, and yet, do you know how many other how many other guys at defensive end played snaps? Uh, I don't off the top of my head. I know that you had to give the vast majority of the snaps to uh, Robinson and Kendo because they were clearly uh, the best two options that you had. They had 397 pass rush opportunities combined. Quayshawn Fuller had 35. Josh Griffiths had 47. Derek McLennan had 61. That's it. So they had like more than double God, almost triple what everybody else at the defensive end position had combined. So we can say, yeah, look, they weren't that good. That's fair. But the guys behind them, were, they weren't anything at all. Otherwise, they, they would have rotated these guys out and kept them a little fresher. These dudes were getting ground out of the nothing by the end of the year, you know, playing that many snaps. And then on the flip side, Marvin Wilson and Corey Durden, why don't you take this one? Because that, uh, man. Uh, it will will live with me for a long time when trying to project what guys will be. Wilson in particular, just because he had, and Durden. I mean, they both had really impressive uh, tape. And, and like you referenced in some of the, you know, maybe maybe they didn't have the best uh, summer coming in. Maybe they didn't 
trained with the best people. Maybe they didn't come in mentally with the attitude that they needed to. Still, Marvin Wilson was a legitimate football player. Marvin Wilson started off with a disappointing Georgia Tech game, and it never really changed from there. Durden had uh, a couple moments when he uh, was healthy, but again, a massively disappointing year. Uh, that will be two guys that will long live in the back of my head when I try to figure out or when I'm trying to project as to what people might ultimately be. And, um, you know, it just never got on the right track with Wilson for whatever reason. You know, I, I'm sure the social media uh, had something to do with that, but I, 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 like, you didn't get stonewalled against Georgia Tech because of the tweet you sent out, you know? I mean, uh, it was just didn't have the year that you should have. And uh, I think there's a lot of different components to that, but ultimately, and it really don't matter. You know, you went from a guy that potentially was a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, to a guy whose agent's tweeting about getting you the most valuable six-round pick, uh, or, or no, excuse me. The most valuable undraft, like undrafted free agent contract? Yeah, yeah, the most valuable undrafted contract and more valuable than any of the seventh-round picks. Well, okay. I mean, that's, that's one interesting way of framing that. But And Durden's... Uh, you know, moved on to NC State, and uh, I will be interested in trying to, you know, reach out to some contacts up there and get a feel for what they think of him. And, and we say that, like, we were the ones, do you remember how much how much flack we caught for for really calling BS on our Marvin Wilson alleged first-round grade and deciding to come back to school? And we're like, man, no, not a first-rounder. Like, this is not a first-round grade. He didn't have first-round tape, you know, that, that year. Uh, but we still thought he was going to be a damn good player because he was a really good college football player the year before. You know, I mean, it, pressure percentage, 8.5. So among the starters, he actually did have the highest pressure percentage, right? Kando, 8.4. Janarius, 7.3. Durden, 2.3. Durden really didn't do anything uh, last year, basically at all. I'm just looking at some, at some other, other performance metrics here. And Marvin Wilson tackles per snap, 14.9. Man, the stats say that they're going to miss him more than my eyeballs tell me. They're going to miss him. And maybe, maybe that'll be right. But, I mean, also, they didn't have much last year. I think some of those guys they had weren't quite ready. David Hale, who we use to frame the conversation every preview episode, he studies the ACC pretty rel- religiously. I think he does a tremendous job. He has FSU. He has FSU thirteenth out of fourteen on the defensive line, ranked only ahead of Duke. This one hurt me, man. It really it, it hurt me. I gotta say, I, I don't agree with this one. I mean, you know, this is one of the few ones that I can uh, can really kind of say I don't. I don't think Florida State's in this bad of a situation. Uh, I think they have the potential to be as high as maybe ninth in the conference. I mean, I think there's a decent. A margin of error here uh, with where Hale hasn't pegged. And hopefully I'm right about that. I mean, this is a really interesting group of guys. Jermaine Johnson's where we need to start the conversation off with the transfers from Georgia. You know, I, I will give credit to this staff in general with what they've done in the transfer portal, but particularly along the line of scrimmage. Johnson, Thomas, Cushney, all these kids. The defensive line of scrimmage. Are, yeah, the, yes, thank, thank you. the defensive line of scrimmage. Not so much an offensive tackle. Like OJ's looking for the real killer. They're, yes. they're still looking for a tackle in the yes. pool. And OJ's scared to go eat lunch in LA because you never know who you're going to sit next to. But uh, so, no, but they've gone out and gotten these kids and have 
very much transformed, in my opinion, what the most position, most important position on the field in college football is and uh, have given you a chance to have a much better unit than you would have otherwise. Uh, and so Johnson, a uh, really explosive kid, uh, relatively speaking, decent bend, uh, played a decent amount of snaps for Georgia last year and a guy that, uh, you know, may well be the best player on the team as of right now. We've had coaches on the staff tell us that. They think he's the best player on the team. Yeah. Good attitude, buys in, strong at the point of attack, could bend a little bit. I mean, Georgia just has ridiculous talent on defense right now. You know, I, I suspect that Mike Norvell got the good word on him from Coach Dan Lanning, who Norvell is tight with. That's the Georgia defensive coordinator. I think he's going to pay off in a major way. And I, it would not shock me if he has a better season than either Kando or Robinson did last year. You know, and they look, that's maybe you say that's not that high of a bar, but they played the overwhelming number of defensive snaps. Like they almost never came off the field. And that's if Jermaine Johnson stays on the field that much, that's that's big time. Yeah, I, I think you have to look there. He, he really could be the best player on the team, not a stat compiler at UGA, like you mentioned, but Ingram, I think you can use him. Hell, you could even stand him up in some situations if you wanted to. I think he's got some versatility. I really do think he's a good athlete. Former number one overall junior college uh, you know, defensive end. I think there's real potential here. Yeah, uh, excited for what you got here and uh, a guy that I think will be the you know, be one of the breadwinners along the off uh, along the defensive line, and uh, like we said, hats off to the uh, to the coaching staff for going out and getting a player like this. Keir Thomas next. So, oh, can I can I drop some stats on Jermaine Johnson to make everybody feel better? Because the linebacker preview that we dropped was not necessarily <laughs> the most positive thing we've ever yeah, done. It was not. No, please let's uh, let's get excited about some of these stats you got. All right, so Jermaine Johnson last year, 79 pass rush attempts, uh, four sacks in those, so you know 5.1% sack rate, uh, 11 pressures, so that's a, that's a pressure rate uh, of 14%, uh, accounted for three incompletions or interceptions, and forced uh, one fumble and drew one penalty from an opponent. So let's compare those numbers, and clearly look, it's different circumstances, obviously, but a pass rush situation is a pass rush situation. Uh, so his 14% pressure rate uh, is basically double of Janarius at 7.3, uh, double almost of Kando at 8.4, and, and almost double of Marvin at 8.5. A lot of factors can impact this, right? We don't know. There's a lot of factors you have to weigh. It's very important. One factor could be, obviously, that if Jermaine Johnson ends up being the best pass rusher on this team, and it's hard for me to think he won't be, he's probably going to receive a little extra special attention uh, from opposing offenses, right? Now, if you want to receive extra special attention in your home loan process, call up the legendary team. Shannon and Chad have done a tremendous job. I've used them twice for both my mortgage and my refi. Almost 200 Nolcast listeners have decided to, to do the same. It's 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. Great people, knowledge of the market. They can balance all those factors, just like we were talking about with needing to balance factors as far as projecting Jermaine Johnson. They can project exactly what you need to do with your situation. Give them a call and they're proud supporters of the Nolcast at the legendary team. Kier Thomas is the next guy we're just talk about, uh, as we referenced earlier, another transfer here coming from South Carolina, a guy that, uh, you know, has a little bit of flexibility where you can play along the line of scrimmage. I personally think you'll see him start out at Fox, but you can also see him play a little bit of five technique. 
not super long, but pretty explosive. A guy that has uh, looked better so far than maybe what either of us thought. Uh, I think a guy that is in your your starting four. And I'm particularly excited with what you can do with Thomas and some odd man fronts and and a four man front in a passing situation. I think you can slide him inside, pair him up with Briggs, and and have some uh, have have some legitimate excitement with what you can do if you can get teams in the third and long. But we'll save that conversation for a little bit later. But Thomas, really good get again by the coaching staff, a guy that I think you plug in immediately becomes a starter, and uh, somebody that the general fan base who's not aware as to who Johnson and Thomas or at least the sidewalk fan base, let me put it that way, are going to immediately ask, hey, um, where do these two SEC linemen come from? Because they are different than what you otherwise have on your roster. Completely agree with you. Uh, now, he, he did battle injury at South Carolina. This is a guy who FSU recruited the first time around, uh, maybe not recruited extremely hard, but ended up being a not a good SEC player, but a serviceable starting caliber SEC player on what was a... Uh, an average SEC defense. Ingram, if you gave Mike Norbell the chance to say, hey, do you really trust Adam Fuller? Would you like to have an average SEC defense on your team this year? Yes, please. Yes, please. Do you know what he would say? Yes. Right. 100%. He's like, I'm going to sign this paper. I'm going to sign all the papers. Where, where, like, I'm going to sign that one. I'm going to sign this one. We're going to sign everything if we can sign up for an average SEC level defense in Tallahassee this fall. Man, he looks good. Every, every word I've got about him so far has been, now that he's not injured, he's out there, he's playing very well, he does have some versatility. Athletically, he is fine. He's not super athletic. He's not a guy that has a whole lot of next-level athleticism, but he's, he's really sort of one of those uh, you know, grinder types who can uh, you know, get after the QB a little bit, but also stack up against the run. I think you can use him at that fox-in position. And I man, I, I'd like... So what do you want to see them do? Kind of play more... What, what, you mentioned the three-man stuff. I think that's fascinating because I definitely think he has the potential to play that. Yeah, I think I think you can slide him. If you want to stay traditional four-man front, you can slide him inside with Briggs and uh, and then let Kushney and Johnson go chase. If you want to go a little bit more of an odd man, three-man front, you can, you, know, you can have Thomas in there as well and then maybe have... Uh, you know, maybe have Johnson and and Gaynor as your stand up defensive ends, uh, trying to get after the quarterback. So, I just like the versatility that you have with Thomas. You can play him. You know, I don't. You don't want to play him as a as a one or a you know Tony Saragusa or a zero technique or something like that. But other than that, you can play him pretty much anywhere along the line of scrimmage. In my he opinion. can play seven six five. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. d- d- depending on, on how do you want to use those spots. But yeah, like if you want to head off on the tackle. And in the passing situations, you can put them at a three even. Uh, so I, I I like what you have there an awful lot. And I really like if you can get teams into third down, third and, you know, six or plus, uh, what this next guy is going to bring. Because I, I think you hit here. Now, you know, was it your number one choice? I don't know that it necessarily was the beginning of uh, the portal, but I, I think the coaches – would take this guy 10 times out of 10 again if they had the chance. Marcus Kushney's been nothing but a positive uh, to the program so far. It's early. Let's not, you know, get a, get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but so far, the reports have been very positive, and a unit that didn't have much explosion to it uh, has found some, you know, has found some real pass rushing potential in these first three guys that we've talked about thanks to, uh, you know, new additions. Smaller, quicker, you know, 6'2", 250, I think he's listed. 
is going to win with with leverage bend. He has some quickness. I think he has some moves. I I'm a little bit like I think one of the cool things in doing this format is we're both commenting on these guys, and I'm a little bit less sold on Kushni than, than Ingram is. I I think uh, I'll agree with you that it's a good take for, by them. I don't know, like he was very productive in his division. It is a step up in competition, and I do worry that we're falling a little bit for the, hey, he's having a really good camp, considering who's actually out there at the offensive tackle position on a consistent basis. Um, just me. like I, I worry a little bit, but I, I think you may nail it, man. Like He might be a very nice three for them. Not three tech, but like number three pass rusher off the edge, and that, that, could, be, that could be big time for him. Not trying to, you know, push down any kids, but I mean, would you rather have him over McClendon Fuller or anybody else in yes, the mix? Yes, I mean, yes, he's, he's yes. A, and I know you would, but I, I mean, he's an immediate improvement there. And like you said, he's a, uh, if nothing else, gives you some real opportunities for rotation. And if he's the player that I think he might be, then you may see him um, in even more of a, you know, carved out, uh, you know, third and long or, or certain type of situations where you try to take advantage of his skill set. Uh, you're right. The division is the division. But if you want to go back and look at, uh, I believe it's the SWAC championship game. I mean, he's the MVP of the game for a reason. He's as dominant as a, a defensive line can be at that level. And we'll have to see how much that level transfers over. So uh, I'm excited about Kushner. You have your, uh, you know, hesitation, and that's understandable. Just as a lot of people had hesitations when we first brought on congruity, not a reflection of them in any manner, but just when you're talking about making as serious a decision as a, a PEO or, um, you know, letting somebody into your business to try to figure out ways to optimize or make it better. Uh, it takes some time. It takes some time for that message to land with an audience. And we've been ever so fortunate. The four of you guys have called Matt Lewis and and, uh, you know, made such a, a decision. So Matt is a fantastic guy, loves Florida State, just as all our sponsors do. Some of the group texts that we're on with our sponsors is, you know, some of some of the favorite aspects of that I enjoy from working with him. Uh, but Matt's a great guy, big time Noel fan. He'll, uh, you know, give you white glove service and also talk a little ball with you at the same time. You can reach him at Knowles at CongruityHR.com or just go to the website CongruityHR.com. Dot com and uh, with that, we'll get back into the defensive line preview. Yeah, so this is where it gets a little bit scary. Health is going to be more important for the defensive line position, I think, than it might be for any other spot out there this year, except for maybe quarterback. But that's a separate discussion. I was not sure how many of these guys to put in the and eh, we'll see or future down the line category and how many to actually include here. But I couldn't just stop at three defensive ends. I feel like that's not appropriate. But I'm, I kind of wanted to, to be honest. And when you, you mentioned the, gr- the group chats that, you know, that we're on, when we talked to, talked to Shannon Chad, and I, I think it was Chad who asked us, hey, like, is there any position you could actually see being worse this year? There's a couple, I guess I could, but like the one that was clearly clear to me was you know, if they were to lose Johnson, I don't think there's any doubt the defensive line is worse than it was last year. If if something like that were to happen. Because the depth here, there is a legitimate drop-off at the end position. I don't know what you're going to get out of Derek McClendon. I think you trust him to play some snaps. He played some snaps for you last year. He's not an elite athlete. He does have some decent length. Uh, Quayshon Fuller, 
whole lot of narrative there, right? Lost some weight. He's you know playing the position he's always wanted to play, defensive end, even if, I mean, he's kind of built like a, well, he's not built like a D-tackle now. He's slimmed down a lot, but like clearly I think his, if he could have embraced playing D-tackle, I think that would have made more sense for him as a career. Uh, you know, reports are that he's doing well. I haven't seen him. Uh, I don't know that I totally buy it. I've heard some stuff before and didn't turn out to be true. And then Byron Turner, uh, true freshman, not the most explosive guy, but he, he is strong enough, I think, to, to hold up at the point of attack somewhat, play with some leverage, be a good effort player. He was very productive in high school. They, they got to have one of these guys emerge as, as their fourth dude at defensive end. Fuller is exciting because there's always been talent there. It's just a question of whether or not you can kind of shepherd that talent in an area that uh, it translates on the field. I am inclined, just as we talked about in the previous episode, that sometimes the hype is a year too early. Uh, I think we're still probably a year away from really seeing Fuller develop into the prospect that people think he might be. If it happens, uh, I think we're still got a little bit of time on it. Uh, Byron Turner, like you said, true freshman, you got to you know have reasonable expectations there. Uh, but a real strong kid who you know you have fairly good idea that he's been coached well. Uh, that he's in a relatively decent place to contribute to some manner, but um, you know, in my opinion, probably your probably your uh, fifth fifth option when you're looking at the ends right now. There is a hilarious tweet that just got sent to us. Uh, said Bud over or under 250. Agram, mm, that's a toughie. I'm going to have to say over based on page one results, but it's difficult to extrapolate. Bud, do you think I set a good line here? Maybe I should have put it at the line at 255. <laughs> I love our listeners, man. This that that's so awesome. That is. Uh, all right. Uh, I think I agree with you. But by the way, on Fuller, like I don't think it's fair to totally write him off. But I do want to see some kind of step this year. Like he's got to show me some kind of step that he's going to be a useful player, especially at the defensive end spot, where I don't know is his best fit. To be honest, who knows? Maybe next year he can replace Keir Thomas. You want to take it on over to tackle, I guess? Yeah, let's slide on down to tackle. Um, it's still an area that I'm uh, pretty excited about with some of the guys that you have here. Robert Cooper's uh, a guy that we'll get to. But first, let's look at Fabian Lovett. Uh, still a redshirt sophomore, a guy that you got from Mississippi State, uh, a, a guy that is bought into Storms' program. Uh, yeah, I won't even go there. I won't even go there about some of the – stuff that I've read about the strength and conditioning program on social media recently. Anyway, Fabian Lovett. What do you read? You read good stuff or bad stuff? No, just questioning. I mean, look, of all the things to question in the program, I don't think storms is one of them. I think you can have a high degree of confidence that you made a really good hire there and don't let social media trolls convince you otherwise. So let's think about, yeah, I think, I think storms is a good hire, right? I mean, maybe some of the other parts of it, like nutrition or whatever, who knows? Maybe they could be better there. But let's think about the guys that we know showed up out of shape. One is a transfer who just got on campus. So I don't think Storms has much to do with that. Uh, one is a dude who has serious uh, like personal problems. And they're fortunate that he's still on the team and they really root for him to succeed in life as a person. And another one you know, has been rehabbing. I don't think there's a whole lot of guys that Storms has worked with. Hell, he put some weight on Jalen Goss. I mean, the dude who hasn't been able to, to do anything ever. Like, I I don't know. I think Storms is a pretty good hire at strength coach. 
personally. I, I mean, it's hard to evaluate that. I do think some of the younger guys are, are buying in and, and really getting with the program. It's his first offseason he's had with them. You don't, you're not seeing massive number of guys show up out of shape or, or look like crap. And Lovett's bought in. This guy's going to make some money in the NFL, I think. Yeah, this is, this is one of the guys you can have a decent degree of, uh, <clears throat> of confidence that he's got a significant NFL future. And uh, really excited about what it looks like. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, I think you saw flashes of it last year, but I, I think he is going to be the player that you are excited about and, uh, you know, very much looks to, with he and Cooper, you've got a, a nice, really strong foundation to build around here. Robert Cooper, uh, a name that certainly vast majority of the fan base is going to be exceptionally familiar with at this point, a guy that has kind of continued to slightly reshape his body uh, consistently since he's been here. Uh, does a pretty good job of shooting gaps for kind of his size. Uh, I like Cooper a good bit. I think if he's healthy, continues to progress, can be a really solid player and can be a potential, uh, what would you say, bud, third, maybe three through round three through five for Cooper uh, if he continues in the in the manner that he is. But, uh, you know, can do the things that you want of a, of a nose tackle, create a pile, can, you know, take on two and, and get somewhat of a stalemate there. Uh, I like what Cooper brings to you. And I think uh, with Fabian, Robert Cooper, and then with Dennis Briggs, you've got a, a really strong trio to kind of work around on the inside. Yeah, and some, some definitely some varied skill sets here. Um, with Cooper, I, I just want to see what he's going to measure in at, and he's definitely shorter. What's the arm length going to be? The NFL is increasingly drafting for the ability to get after the passer and much less for the ability you know, to, to stop the run. Uh, Cooper has showed up, I think, in better shape than he's been in prior years. He's slimmed down some probably unlocks a little bit of that quickness. That's been an ongoing process for him throughout his career. I mean, he was like 370-something in high school at, at not very tall. What, what do they list Coop at? Mm, and he's six six foot? Six, six two, six they list two? him at. Mm, so okay. Over, okay, over under on Cooper's height at the combine if he gets invited. Uh, 6078. Uh, I will take... Oh, I think Cooper will go somewhere around... Six one and three eighths, or something like that. I think he's just a shade under six one, uh, or just a shade above six one. Excuse me. They're just shade over six one. I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I think he's a guy who, with a good season, could get drafted. Certainly, um, I don't know that he's a lock to get drafted. I think he, you know, with a good season, he certainly could. I think Lovett, just because of his size and the ability for him to move some, probably could. And then a guy like Dennis Briggs, I'm very excited about. Former defensive end, you got to remember he missed the first couple games last year, not because he had COVID, but rather uh, because you know he was. Uh, I almost said holding out. That's not the right term. What 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 term did we use last year? I would just call him a precautionary. They called it an out, something out. What, what it was a uh, opt out. I mean, yeah, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, opted out, right? Guys opted out for COVID, so you know, out of. You know, safety precautions. I, I don't know if he had a family situation. I think I recall reading about that. You know, he opted out and didn't play the first couple games and decided he wanted to play. Looked a little bit better as the season wore on. I think a full off season has really helped him a lot. I think they're uh, optimistic about his ability to get after the passer. You know, and this is this is not a bad trio. It's not a top five trio in ACC. I don't think, but it's it's, it's not the thirteenth trio either. 
they can make a liar out of David Hale. Yeah, if they stay healthy, I mean, I'm not really convinced that this group is 13th in the, in, in the ACC. I think it has a chance to be better, again, if they stay healthy. Yeah, behind him, Josh Farmer, true freshman, has put on some good weight. Um, he's going to need to gonna need to play. I mean, this is not one of those guys that we say, oh, we'll see in 2023 or something like that. Uh, Farmer probably going to have to carry, you know, at least triple-digit stats, uh, snaps, maybe more than that. I'm excited with what you have with Farmer. I think you got a decent, decent prospect here, uh, but a guy that you're going to have to see fairly early. And, um, you know, with he and True Thompson, we had a listener question about True as to whether or not this is a, a breakout year for him. I am hesitant to buy in on True Thompson. Not a knock on the kid at all. Uh, good kid, works hard. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and there's, you know, there's been some, some ideas, uh, that he could be posed for a decent year. I would love to see it, but I'll have to see it before I sit here and tell you the listener that it's coming. I like two Thompson. I like talking to him as a recruit. I like a lot of these D tackles. I, mean, I, I get along good with these D tackles for some reason. I just think he was kind of maxed out physically in high school. You know, he's not a guy who has grown physically a ton since he's been here. And I, I, I don't know that he has the physical abilities to make a real impact in the ACC. So, I guess the answer to my question to the question there is probably no. Let's see. So we talked a little bit about the scheme earlier about what you might see with some odd band fronts. What you may see, in my opinion, if you can, you know, get teams into more pass predictable downs. Uh, it will just be interesting to see whether or not it's a you know Johnson or Cushney standing up or Johnson and Gardner um, or Gainer, excuse me. Uh, you've got a lot of different options here. I'd, I'd love to see what you do with that. I mean, I would love to see you be multiple, show some different fronts to people. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they do, but I really like, you know, whether you're in a three-man front or whether you're in a, a four-man front that's a little bit more aggressive in a pass uh, predictable down. I really like some of the pieces that you hear have along, along the defensive line. And I, again, I don't mean to be repetitive, but I'll be shocked if we do a, exit interview of sorts on these position previews and we're talking about a unit that's uh you know one of the two or three worst in the league completely agree um so let's go ahead and talk about kind of what's to come and what's to come at madison social is an awesome game day experience really cannot wait to eat one of those mad manto burgers maybe a little blt dip throw back a beer or two before the game just you know gotta be are you, are you allowed to say that like that you have a beer before going to the press box Probably okay. I think you, you need to show up in a professional uh, manner, but you can you can imbibe. So you can't spill it all over yourself, or you can't have six of them. But you know, if you're if you're a grown man, you may be able to have one and then you know, still walk up and, and uh, cover a football game. You know, uh, in a very professional, serious manner. Uh, let's talk about what's to come here at the defensive line position. I think there's some interesting names. I'll just throw a couple of these out. I have all these guys in sort of the still have hope or eh category. Uh, Patrick Payton, true freshman, Malcolm Bray. I believe that's what year three for Malcolm Bray. So he'd be a redshirt sophomore, I think. Uh, Sean Bray Jackson, true freshman, George Wilson, uh, true freshman, Jarrett, Jarrett Jackson. I don't know what year he is, redshirt sophomore. I probably should have put that on there. Leonard Warner, kind of had an argument for putting him in there, but I don't know about that. Josh Griffiths and TJ Davis. So where, where do you want to, where do you want to kick this thing off? Okay. Um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting set of names there. Um, all right, Jared Jackson. Let's go there because I think we can. Norvell keeps getting asked about him. 
for some reason. I don't know. Like I, I know who's asking him about him in the practice field. Abilities. It's the same people over and over again, probably because he's big. But uh, Norrell's not going to say negative things about a guy. He said, yeah, we really need him to play well. It wasn't, yeah, he's going to play well. It's, we really need him to play well. He has reshaped his body a little bit to give him credit, right? Yeah. Which is good because that's one of the things we heard that Louisville was not at all sad to see him go, right? From day one, that's what we reported. No, no. and we've, we've been consistent with saying that. I mean, uh, we've also been consistent with saying that we thought Jackson would either work out here in a really nice manner or it would... I mean, I, I think there's only one or two ways that this goes. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll be wrong about that because I, I don't see him um, in danger, at least at this point, of kind of getting himself removed from the roster. And at the same time, I don't know that he's on the verge of being a playmaker yet. But there's certainly some talent there. And if you can get him to continue to buy in in the weight room and continue to reshape his body, then in time, that may pay off. But And consistent effort. Caring, consistent effort, certainly. You know, like effort. Yeah. Trying. A couple of these guys you just got to hit with. You know, you, you've got some real long shots here. Leonard Warner, I, I struggled to believe that he's still on the roster, but he, but he is. That shot's been shot, I think. Like, I, I don't think we can really. Yeah. No, I, I think Warner, we've got a pretty good idea of where it is, and we can, you know, classify him as somebody that uh, will probably be a very productive uh, guy and be successful, but it probably won't be on the gridiron, uh, you know, I, people that know Leonard Warner think very highly of him, and I'm sure he'll be very successful in life. Um, to circle back to some of the first names you mentioned, you know, Pat Payton, George Wilson, both true freshmen. Payton's a little bit bigger than Wilson, which when Wilson comes in at, what, 189 or 192 or whatever it was, it's not a uh, a big statement. But I do think that Wilson's added a little, little bit of weight. I've heard, I've heard good things about both of these kids so far. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to, uh, be major contributors, but I think the coaches really like what they have. I think Peyton uh, will see some playing time this year. I'd be surprised if Wilson saw too many snaps. Uh, Malcolm Ray, really highly, uh, I don't want to say, he wasn't a big star guy, but was a highly decorated high school player as far as uh, what people thought of him. I think he was the Dade County Defensive Player of the Year, senior year. Uh, hasn't translated yet, but again, one of these guys has kind of got a hit for you. You've got a couple, you know, different long shots here. And whether it be Ray, whether it be TJ Davis, somebody's got to come up good. Uh, and Ray will be interesting. I think he's maybe the most likely of the bunch that we're talking about there. Uh, but I haven't heard that that's necessarily like on the prefaces of happening either. So I think you nailed it, man. Like these guys are long shots. If they weren't, we'd have them in the above section. Or if they're true freshmen, obviously it's kind of just let's let's talk about them for the future. If there's a guy who can contribute for you this year here, maybe it's Leonard Warner in a total reserve role. Uh, I think on an upside contribution, maybe if Patrick Payton, if the light comes on for him, I don't know, maybe you know second two thirds of the season uh, potentially that could be uh, could be somebody who could contribute. But I agree, like most of these guys are not going to work out. In, in this little section we have here. You need to get a couple of them to work out and you need to continue to recruit the position well. They have done a decent job recruiting the defensive tackle position. They are currently doing a, I would say, good, potentially great job recruiting the defensive end position. Um, they need to close this well. They need to find a way to get Marvin Jones Jr. 
into this class and really flip this roster in a meaningful way. Uh, but you look at this, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys there in this kind of uh, still have hope for them or eh section. I think like if, if four of these dudes are contributors out of eight, you're you're doing absolute backflips. Uh, Josh Griffiths, have to see it before I believe it. Uh, TJ Davis, talented kid. What do you make of Griffiths? Like, do you think he made the most of his freshman season? Uh, I I didn't necessarily get that opinion uh, that he that he made the most of it in the weight room. Now, look, I'm not there. I don't I don't want to besmirch kids uh, from you know 300 miles away. But uh, college is a lot of fun, and if I was a defensive end at Florida State, I would have had a hell of a good time in college. And uh, it's hard for me to be critical of kids uh, that choose that route. But, you know, Griffiths is always going to have to be a kid who worked all the harder, had a great, you know, engine in the weight room. And, uh, you know, maybe that light has come on, but uh, it didn't, from the reports that I got last year, it was not, not the case. All right. So, uh, let me see. Roche asked a question for the podcast. Uh, will, will True make an impact? If not, is he a candidate to be over-recruited? Um, I, I don't get any indication he's not a good program guy, right? And I mean, we already have him listed as a contributor. Uh, you know, as far as guys going to get snaps, Odell likes him. I just, I don't think he's going to be like a starter type player at this point. And uh, from that standpoint, sure, absolutely. But not from the standpoint of, you know, needing to run them off the roster or anything like that. Like they have, they have far more fat they could cut in other spots than, than a guy like Drew Thompson who shows up and you know, does work and is actually gets in games. 39 minutes. We said we'd do 30. We hit this 11 o'clock on the dots night. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> that was good. It's good to do, uh, Good to do a unit that I'm legitimately excited about. So um, They're going to make a liar out of David Hale. If yeah, they stay yeah, I hope they do. And if they don't, then that's a yeah a, a problem in a in a much broader sense. But uh, hopefully we've given you a decent idea as to what it'll look like. If you have a chance to give us a five star review, if you have a chance to subscribe, like our page on YouTube, know that it's greatly appreciated. Uh, making a making a big push to try to get to a thousand subs for the uh, Notre Dame game, and if you could uh, contribute to that, know that it would be uh, you know ever so. Uh, the Bud and I would be ever so grateful. So thank you very much. This has been a fun preview. We'll be back to do the DBs uh, here shortly. And uh, for now, it's been the Nolcast. This has been the Nolcast. The Nolcast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith, music by Judson Wright, and produced by Justin Robinson. Go Knowles.